You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. My name is Justin Tuck, I'm the Vice President of Marketing at Terminus. I am very stoked this is not a webinar. Um, I'm here with some very, very smart people. We only have 30 minutes, and I really want to get some time for Q&A with the audience. So I'm going to just go right into it. Let these guys introduce themselves, because Jeff, can you start with you? Awesome, yeah, I can start. Um, so my name is Jess Fernandez. I am local to Boston. I work at Rapid7. We're a cybersecurity company. Yeah, I have no idea for That's good enough. Mohammed. Hi, everybody. My name is Mohammed I'm the VP of Marketing for Perk. It's an AI shopping tool company um, and co host of the Agile Marketing Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Mohammed. Ashley. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Boyce. I work at United Airlines as a marketing manager for United for Business, which is our B2B side of the house. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, don't worry. I literally have no clue until they gave me the job. Basically, we sell travel programs to companies um, so that they can get discounts on their tickets when their employees fly on behalf of that company. So that is kind of our audience, is that person in the company who manages travel. Awesome. Thank you. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to put an extra question for everybody, these people. Uh, we're going to have them talk a little bit about like their companies, their go-to-market team. And then I'd love to come down into the crowd and just have you guys ask a good question, if that's okay with you. So I'll start thinking about that. But for an icebreaker, how about you guys tell us what, what marketing trend are you over? This is you off. You're done with. Ashley, can we start with you? <laughs> yeah, so during COVID, I feel like literally every company, I got an email about a webinar. And like webinars are great. They're definitely a great way to like engage with your customers and stuff like that. But so many of them are just like, hi, this is this company. Here's everything about our product. And it just, I didn't get anything about out of them. So I think that one, just like the COVID webinar, has probably got to me a little bit. Yeah, again, really stuff. this is not a webinar, so. Well, I'm throw a curveball on this one because I just thought about this right now. Uh, my trend that I am tired of is customized Yeti mugs showing up at my desk. Uh, um, great. The idea, especially from the ABM perspective, if you are personalizing them, but with a name like Muhammad, I believe I got four or five of them last year, and no one has gotten my name right yet. Uh, no. <laughs> so you're getting mugged on the phone. So please, something else. <laughs> All right, Jess. freely all the time. I think ABM has a retirement place, and it might be my fault with my company that I've said it so often that everyone thinks that anything that we do has to have an ABM component to it, and I do not think that that is true. Fair. I think Sandra and myself should take some of that point, too. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, let's go through. We'll set some context. Mohamed, tell us about uh, your go-to-market team. How is that structured? Maybe a little bit of how your tech stack works with it. I just want to kind of give everyone a baseline for how these guys work. They're in very, very different companies. Um, and I, I just want to kind of have you guys ask questions to see what kind of, you know, you know compare and contrast you can get between. So, Mahana, yeah, tell so us about your game. 
um, the smallest one on the, on the panel here, um, kind of scale up size, uh, size company right now. Our go-to-market team is spread between a couple of different functions. Right? Of course, we have the marketing team, which is responsible for launch, demand gen, brand, uh, those sorts of things across all channels. Uh, we work very closely with both the sales team, which is responsible for kind of new uh, local acquisition, and then also um, our customer service or client success uh, team has responsibility for some upsells. We work very closely together. Uh, we do also have a newer uh, kind of revenue ops team of sorts that helps out with a lot of things like Salesforce, et cetera. Um, our tech stack is pretty flat, uh, quite honestly. Um, it got really big, and then we just asked a bunch of stuff about two years ago uh, and kind of consolidated. So firmness is a huge piece of it for a lot of areas of our like, kind of distribution. Um, and then outside of that, Salesforce is our CRM. We don't do a traditional like, marketing automation tools. We don't have like a, a Marketo or anything like that. We mm-hmm. use. We do I not. did not know that. We do not. Um, and that's one that kind of does tend to throw people for a loop sometimes. Um, but quite honestly, I haven't found a super need for it right now. Fair. Um, it's just, just too much going on out there. So we do have you know, uh, email marketing tools. Uh, we use Autopilot, for example, to like get the, the tools for things out there. And I'm just focusing on trying to have three or four things that work really well together versus having an entire giant stack that I'm trying to coordinate through like Marketo or something. This helps keep us a little bit more nimble because uh, we do have to make changes really quickly sometimes. And if you mentioned, post up the Agile Marketing Podcast, so that's very on brand for my hobby. Ashley, what about you? We actually sit within our sales department. So our team um, is a team of six very scrappy, creative people that um, are on the same larger group as our B2B product team. And we work very closely with our business development reps and our inside sales teams. So basically, because we're such a small team responsible for all the accounts United has and bringing in lead acquisition, we really rely on a lot of our software to make sure that we scale what we're doing. So we have Seismic, um, which is a sales enablement platform, if you guys have heard of it, and it does like bring data automated into our presentations. So that takes a lot of work off of us that we used to have to do a ton of sales enablement for. So that's a great software, and it pulls from our CRM, which is Salesforce, and then for our marketing automation platform, we have Cardop. We actually just switched over from Marketing Cloud which I'm honestly so thankful for. <laughs> not not fault to anyone who uses marketing cloud, but it's nice to have the automation capabilities. And of course, we have Terminus for email signature banners and we're just onboarding for ABM. So we're super excited to take it to the next level with those tools as well. Very cool. Thank you. Bring me some, Jess. Yeah, hello. Um, so I guess I'm representing the mid-sized company or growth company. Uh, we have a very large sales team uh, over 200 globally. We have a BDR team that actually sits under marketing, so that's great that they're really closely aligned with all of our programs. Uh, and we actually just had a reorg July 1st, which was awesome. We used to have different sales teams that sold different parts of our portfolio into the same account, which if you can imagine is very messy internally and externally. Uh, and we reworked it so every single rep sells the entire portfolio, um, which also helps marketing. Because if you can imagine, it's almost like marketing or building marketing plans for two different companies. Um, and now we get to line and focus and prioritize 
So, and then in terms of tech stack, um, we use Salesforce as our CRM, Marketo as our marketing automation. We used to consolidate some vendors because we do use a lot in the marketing ops space. Uh, and then my team owns Sendoso and Remnus. Awesome. Do you guys have questions? Can we, can we do this? I've got questions if you don't, but I'm going to come down and start to. Does someone raise your hand? Get us going. Okay, thank you. Here we come. Okay. <laughs> This is more from a content perspective versus from a uh, delivery perspective, right? Or as far as like the specific accounts. But one of the things that my team is really big on is the idea of connecting with in the B2B space, connecting with people more from a like emotional human perspective. Um, because we feel that most of our competitors really go directly to the metrics. It's always, I'm going to get you 3x more return on whatever. I'm going to convert this at XYZ. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, that's table stakes, right? Um, we try to get more down to what is the human need behind that. And we usually nail that down to, um, I'm going to build something I'm proud of. I don't want to lose my job, right? <laughs> Those sorts of things. Or I'm just like overwhelmed is another big one for the market that we're in, uh, in the apartment space, right? So uh, one of the things that we did from a campaign perspective was focusing in on uh, certain days of the week. Uh, so we have campaign determinants that run on Wednesday for hump day, right? With ads that are just about like, basically you're almost there, like let us help you with this product, get you, you know, get you where you need to get to. Uh, and then also we have a Friday one as well that I really love is more of a like, all right, I know it's been a rough week, go ahead and take the weekend off and we got it from here. So it's an AI tool that's basically working all your leads for you over the weekend anyway. So I like the idea of, uh, from my perspective, I've been really proud of like, the humanization of those things and try to go a little bit of a different route than most of the folks that are in the marketplace. I love that. I think that's, I'm going to say it again, I'm sorry, just the things I love about that though is the ability to, I mean, because you're able to define such a tight target audience, you can get away with something. Like, if you were to just put that as a general display, I didn't make no sense to the table. Absolutely no sense. But you get to bring it a little closer to home, which is kind of like the thing that gets me most psyched about it again, is you, you get to be personal again, and that is uh, hard for me, like the best part. Mm -hmm. Any other favorite ABM campaigns you guys have run? Yeah, I think I just wrap, and I'll actually give you another one that kind of came out of this conference thinking about, so I think when I get into the office again tomorrow, I'm gonna start working on it. So we acquired a company about a year and a half ago, cloud security, big space, or, like, or developing space. We wanted to upsell a certain segment of our customers that were already using in-product features that would make them a good fit. Uh, so we hosted a webcast, or sorry, I'm like, <laughs> 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 but we kind of, I'm sorry, <laughs> a webcast to kind of introduce them to the new product. Um, but before the webcast, we actually Sent them all Robert Southern branded um, grill kits. So basically, all these spices, talking about spicing up their security stack. And then, if they attended and filled out a survey after the webcast, we actually sent them steaks all through Sendoso, which is awesome. And if anyone was in my session on Monday, the security folks love steaks, grilling, meat, whiskey. I should get the security. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool.
Anything for you? Yeah, so we're just in our division, so we are like not quite to the level of you guys have done two very cool or one, two very cool campaigns. Um, but one that I was really excited about is actually during COVID, as you guys know, like travel was not happening, but it was still happening for entertainment studios. So the people who are filming our Netflix shows and things like that. So something we did was, and of course, after I say we told like webinars, we had a webinar where, where um, we had a lot of our current entertainment customers actually speak about what it was like traveling during the pandemic and things like that. And then we used attendance to show intent, of course, and started some people on some email journeys and things like that. And then we're actually in the process of building email signature handles for Terminus. For some of the accounts that are about to like sign deals and stuff like that with their names, customers. So when we email them, there's that little bit of personalization. So we're just getting started and it's like very exciting to see like even just having one banner with a customer's name like on it is something that's been really exciting for us and we'll continue to market this product throughout Oscar season using the fact that United sponsors that show. So yeah, we're just getting started, but I'm excited about it. That's cool as hell. And I really like that you're you're thinking about it in terms of like deal acceleration, like what can we do to really like bring them over the line when it matters most? Yeah. Which is very cool and that's kind of advanced. Yes. So while you're very new at it, you're displaying a very mature <laughs> approach. Does anyone have a question? I can banter with these guys all day. All right, wonderful. Oh, oh, can you project or do you want me to come to you? I can project. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. yes. Watch the kids. <laughs> so how do you integrate all of your channels in your ABM campaign. So you've talked about all your cool webinar and then we sent them something through direct mail. But do you have a process where you try to really have integrated campaigns where you might be digital digital advertising, that type of thing? And how do you get all of that information and get everybody on the same in an agile way, getting them on the same page that this is what this is happening and this She said the magic word, uh, but you wanna <laughs> and, uh, uh, so I, I think a lot of this comes back to the basic like marketing one on one stuff, right? The first place to start really is who's the audience and what are you trying to get to them. So we start with some very simple um, kind of messaging matrix matrices. Here's the audience. Here's the specific message we're trying to get to them. Um, and from there, you can say, all right, how does that translate across the team? Everyone has their own way of doing it. For the people that are in doing direct mail, for people that are maybe doing webinars, which we do some of those as well, right? Uh, for the people that are doing email, et cetera, let them reimagine what that high-level message to that audience looks like for themselves. And that way you get a lot of uh, flexibility from discipline to discipline, where everyone can kind of do their thing, be really creative with it, and you're just saying, this is the high-level message that I want out there, and this is the outcome I want, and let them roll with it from there. All right, so that's how we do it. Um, and it seems to work okay. I mean, we, we have to, from an agile perspective, we're definitely meeting every day um, to make sure we're all on the same page through just quick stand-up meetings in the morning. But as long as we do that, we feel sort of going in the same direction. And then being able to be like, look at it and say, this isn't working and build something really fast. I think it's really important as well. Matrix is super important. Useful all over the place, especially. One slide, by the way. One slide, it cannot be more than that for my team. The more detail you get into, the more you pigeonhole yourself into something, in my opinion. Yeah, love it. Jess, Ashley? Yeah, I can say something that's really important to us 
as marketers is just making sure we always are reminding the sales team and other sales support team that everything needs to live in the same place or at least connect to Salesforce. At United, it's like very popular to just get a tool and not integrate it to anything else. So that's been like my biggest soapbox for the past two years is just make sure it goes into Salesforce because if it's not in there, I can't use it in Pardot. I can't like send it to Terminus for a list, you know, things like that. So just constantly being the voice of like data integrity and data like going into Salesforce has been one of the ways we've been able to help um, bring things more like together in an integrated way. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of what we do too. Like we we start a campaign at the you know imagination side, and then we also kind of started at the very end with you know here's how what all the things we're going to measure are, and they kind of creep towards each other and meet in the middle because we know these are all the things we're going to measure at the end. And then it's just kind of a matter of marrying the creative with the, the measurable outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say, um, like what you were saying, being agile, um, there's a place and time for specialization. And I think we've noticed within our growth marketing team that to run a campaign, you have to be able to do it from top to bottom um, by yourself. And I honestly think we can thank tools like Terminus that make digital, which used to sit in a different team, easy for somebody who isn't a digital marketer by nature to actually launch an campaign. So for, for example, the um, webinar that we were talking about, that same list of people that we were emailing and inviting and working with the CSMs who own that, those accounts to promote the event, we were also serving them digital ads and we were ser serving them terminus web experiences. When they came to our site, they were served in mobile or flying, kind of drag them to that page. So. I owned that from top to bottom. I owned the marketing operations aspects of it to make sure that they were tracking Salesforce. I worked with the sales team to make sure that they had templates and sales loft. So we try to run everything top to bottom with one point person for each campaign. Thank you, that's a good question. And I think that's, I think something we're seeing a lot from our customers and you know, as marketing matures, as the amount of data we have access to is in our channel that we're all gonna have that are available. Like that cross channel coordination, I think more and more like just a standard operating procedure for us and i think that's like as a marketer a really cool time to be you know i mean you get to act kind of like bigger cooler marketers you know which is before it used to be you know emails and forms and that was kind of what we were stuck with so um it's a fun time to be a marketer any other questions yes jen um so challenge that i think all of you Um, so I'd love to know some of the ways that you serve up the campaigns, the assets, the sales enablement tools, and really making sure that they have what they need on the front lines to execute what we're trying to do on the marketing side. Great question. Let's talk about sales teams. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you bring them into the fold? Um, I say for me, it's just figuring out which sales team, like that example, that those are customers. So I'm looking at we have BDRs, SDRs, account executives, specialists, CSMs. Like, there are a lot of people who are on these account teams. So finding the team that is the closest to that, if it's a prospect, a very cool prospect, I'd run it with the SDRs. Depending on the, I guess, importance of the campaign or how large it was, then I'd maybe host a session and almost like a Q&A. But for the most part, I try to keep it on one slide, keep it as concise as possible. And now that we have a tool like Salesloft, it's pretty easy to kind of give them the, these are the contacts you should be going after, this is the profile, this is all the content. Do you ever have any accountability issues? Do you ever have to be like, look, why aren't you taking the bait on this or? 
Yeah, no, it's definitely happens. And I think it is um, having those close lines with sales leaders. So for SDRs, a lot of them are young in their career. So they have a lot of things coming up in at once, a lot of campaigns or best practices that they should be engaging on. But it is really hard to balance when they're also accountable for calls and opportunities and there's a lot on their plate. Uh, so making sure that their leaders are on the same page as you. So we have like weekly stand-ups with our SDR managers since they do run a lot of our prospecting campaigns for us. Now, Ashley, your team sits inside the sales team, yeah. so quite a different dynamic. How does that show up? Yeah, I actually think in situations like that, the way you're structured is kind of essential. So our team actually started, I'm not sure if I said this earlier, but as kind of a sales communication, sales enablement group within sales. So we already kind of have that foundation of like having things like seismic and being really closely aligned with the sales training team so that when something like teaching them how to use a certain platform or showing them like who they should be talking to, things like that comes up, we already have like that backing, I guess, because we used to be doing so much sales enablement. But basically what we do is we have, like myself, I was aligned to our inside sales group. Then we have another team member who was aligned to our business development group. And we each have like one-on-ones with them every week to make sure that we're aligned. Then we have meetings with like their leadership and higher, even higher level leadership so that everyone is aligned. And it sounds like a lot of meetings and it kind of is, but it actually has made a huge difference in making sure they get why we've chosen to do what we're doing and that we're giving them everything that they need. So I guess the executive buy-in, which is, I know it's such like a buzzword, but that is a huge thing for us. I'm just having those meetings where we're aligned so like they know they can come to me for insights and they know they can go to this person for business development and um, having that accountability on marketing. Can I get a quick show of hands? Raise your hand if you've got an enablement tool or function at your company. And a little over half, okay. I think that is something that is emerging a lot is like successful game programs are very good at enabling sales teams. And I mean, even cross functional beyond sales teams. And how does it work with sales here? I mean, I got a, a, as a co-sign, obviously, what we're doing here, right? It, it, it's kind of, a, I think, a three-pronged approach for us, right? One, it is at a leadership level. So uh, we do have kind of a revenue team uh, meeting of sorts. It is the, you know, the head of CS, sales, marketing, sales ops, right? We meet once a week. Uh, and the, really the purpose of that meeting is to align on what we're trying to accomplish so we have clarity from a management level about what we're trying to do, right? So I think that's that's immensely important because that way the message can come down from the top. They can give clarity to the sales individuals who really when it comes down to they just want to make cold right? And they can do that a bunch of different ways. But if you tell them this is the path we're going down and we're okay if you focus on this and create that space for them to, to have focus, it seems to help quite a bit. So that's at the top level. At the bottom level, uh, I find it really important. We do have an enablement function as well, right? That's um, about two years old or so, so it's kind of semi-mature. Connection at a ground level between the sales reps and the marketing team, we've tried to do a lot of integration there as well. So uh, make sure the demand generation when they're creating the campaign is working directly with the sales reps. And we're actually about the same type of people in the marketing team, seven people, yeah. right? So they have those direct relationships versus saying, this is what we're going to do, and here's your campaign, right? They know their areas, their regional base. Um, so we try to have that one-to-one connection there where they know that they can talk directly to the head of events, they can talk directly to the head of demand gen with the context of we're all trying to go to this, this particular place. And then outside of that, it's just regular update meetings. We go to the sales meeting from a marketing perspective and we give 
just a 10 minute update every Monday morning on what we did last week and what we're doing for them this week, just so we can continue the knowing that, well, we're not just playing on Facebook. Yeah, no, right. And that's exactly right. Like it's, it's, I mean, it boils down to trust and communication, right? Which sounds super simple and it's quite difficult to achieve, right? And it requires consistency. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm like that. The, the, the marketing team's like the chief reminder officer, right? And um, I think that is very good. Good call. Um, we've got time for maybe two questions, definitely one question. Yes, sir, please. What were some techniques out of <laughs> yeah, how did COVID goof up your marketing program? Like, what really did you have to pivot on? Well, clearly events. Yeah, definitely. Right? Right. I think that events was kind of the core um, of for my organization. The core of the management really was centered around events, specifically three giant tentpole events for, for the industry. And they all went virtual last year. Um, tragically virtual because they were trying to figure it out at the last minute. They swore up and down that they were going to go in person had to cancel like two weeks out. So they didn't, nothing worked. Um, so events was, was a big one. But I will also say that uh, email marketing got really messy last year because everyone's inboxes started getting flooded from event stock in our industry. So it was, it was just a lot of noise there. It was hard to stand out. Um, and then from a webinar perspective, it was challenging but we were able to pivot by going away from the traditional, like show up and let me see this presentation and pivoting it more into almost like a, a sh an interview show, right? So we started doing like a monthly thing where it was just like, for, for me, I, I just pick a client or a partner every, every month. Uh, and we talk about a hot topic in the industry and it was just a casual, chill conversation for 45 minutes. And that seemed to work out really well. And people came to just basically hang out and listen and, and uh, interact in the chat. So we had to pivot. I, the traditional webinar I don't think works anymore, but people do want to hang out, especially when they're stuck at home. Yeah, I think that's right. Like I think a lot of people when COVID hit wanted to just reallocate resources to this other channel that's still viable and not reimagine the channel. And all of a sudden, like the majority of people were doing that and all of a sudden it just became white noise and nothing worked. So I'm glad we did that. Either you guys have to really scramble or you have to cancel campaigns and start new ones because of different tone changes in the in the world? Yeah, I think I kind of had to like ask like a lot of things and kind of incorporate different language um, into our current campaigns. But I'd say, I don't know if quarantine and COVID really made channel or made certain campaigns like stop working. I just think it made everything go quicker. Because like, think about it, 10 years ago, email was new, flashy, it was amazing, you sent an email. Probably got more opportunities back then. Direct mail a couple years ago. Like, I think we were different than our competitors at that point because we got it early. Now everyone has a tool. So I think it just sped up how d diminishing returns basically for channels people had to get more creative. You, I'm sure, had well, quite. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we definitely had a lot that had to change. Same thing. We used to have a ton of events, like global trade events for travel and things like that. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that with COVID, people were obviously not traveling for business. People still aren't, honestly. Like, we're all here, but, like, some companies are pushing until January. They're going to start applying again. So a lot of our campaigns that were, like, 
asking people to invest in their travel funds, like up front and stuff like that, that were more traditional and worked really well, just aren't, they are not relevant. So we, this is actually where it works out very well that my team, my larger team, includes product because we were able to change actually our products to be more relevant for the situation. So number one, we changed like expiration dates of travel funds to be longer lasting. And then on top of that, we also created a new program for people who work for our corporate customers, but they can fly for fun. So that was like, we switched to more B2B to C marketing during COVID. Um, so that was like essential for us to be so closely integrated with product. And that was the first time I actually really saw the importance of that partnership because it allowed us to be very, uh, for lack of a better word, agile when, when COVID hit and we just truly could not use any of our traditional companies. And of course, when travel resumes, still will work again, but they just haven't for the past like, two years. Awesome. Good question. Um, Jess, I think you're exactly right. Like COVID sped things up like crazy, and it does feel like we're kind of entering, I'm not gonna, this is a little cliche, it seems like we're entering a bit of where growing if you want. But last question from coming from me, like what's one thing that you're excited about like, in kind of the next year, two years, three years of, of marketing in, in your jobs? I'm ex- I think our company was a little late to the game when it came to sales and engagement problems. So I mean, we just walked out of the session with um, the outreach team. And I'm excited for that to get more competitive and create better data. So I think everyone excited about Salesforce and CRM a few years ago, like she was saying, and now that, dirt, that data is pretty dirty. Um, so to have all of these up and coming tools kind of define that, is, I think it's going to be awesome. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that COVID blew up all of our like processes and allowed us to start being more authentic in marketing in general. Yeah, I totally agree with both of us. Like, oh, I think COVID totally accelerated us because we like had to fight tooth and nail to figure out how to get to spend money on playing when there was no reason to. So I'm really excited to continue personalizing the customers in our content. I think right now we just don't have like enough of that. So at Pre-United for Business, we just want to make sure we're getting our brand out there and um, being as personalized and uh, relevant as possible, I guess. I love it. Please thank our AV experts, Jess Mahoney. <laughs>